What's up, man? Thank you for coming on the Bluemix podcast. Um, now you're calling in from South, is this South Carolina or North? Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. We're right on the border of uh, South Carolina, so I get the best of both worlds of North Carolina barbecue and South Carolina barbecue, which there is a big difference actually between the two. So, <laughs> that awesome, man. Is it uh, barbecue season there yet? Uh, it's barbecue season all the time uh, around. Oh yeah, here. okay. Yeah, but in uh, we're, we're in Toronto. We're seasonal, man. We got to we got to calculate when we're out. Well, as you can probably tell from my, uh, I'm in my uh, my sports bar den uh, down yeah, here in my yeah. house because we're still social distancing. But I'm from Michigan originally. I'm from Detroit and uh, probably Michigan State grad. But no, relocated to the south east about 12 years ago and uh, call this home. But uh, yeah, we've got great barbecue. So North Carolina is more of a, it's pork based and it's more of a vinegar style base. And then South Carolina is also pork, but it's it's more of a mustard base. So I, I love blending the two. Cool. Um, yeah. How's that been like not being able to have like large scale barbecues? Like you can't have uh, people over, like you still barbecue for yourself. Yeah, we've got smokers, you know, for pretty much everybody that I know has some type of smoker uh, in their yeah. house. And, uh, you know, so we, we have like small little block neighborhood stuff. But I live in a, I live in a pretty, uh, pretty cool part of town in Charlotte um, called mm -hmm. Plaza Midwood. And so walking distance to my house is about 40 bars and restaurants. And wow. it's been, um, it's been a real challenge, you know, for, for the, the, the restaurant industry here, um, which is so, such a key part of the fabric, not only the social fabric, the business fabric, but, but really it's, it's the livelihood for a lot of people here, you know, not too much different, mm -hmm. I'm sure. And, you know, places like Toronto, New York, and um, Chicago. So it's, uh, it's been really challenging. So we, we've tried our best to uh, order the pickup, you know, and yeah. keep our, keep our restaurants going, uh, our breweries going. There's a lot of drive-through yeah. uh, activities going on here in Charlotte, just like everywhere else around the country. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really the interesting thing, right? Like, People who, you know, like, I have my favorite bars and favorite place to eat all the time, but it's almost like a mentality shift now. It's like, yeah, why not just order from them takeout to give them support, right? So food yeah. choices is not just about what you eat anymore, but like almost like who do you support and like oh, it, what kind of idea yeah, do you have? Very much. And, and we've made, my wife and I have made a very conscious effort to, uh, to rotate you know, kind of equally, right, to, to make yeah. sure that we're hitting up as many local businesses as we can, um, you know, to keep to keep their support. Because one of my, our big concerns is that a lot of these restaurants, even though North Carolina is starting to open up a little bit as of really like this last week, um, it's it's still, it's it's still not great, I don't think, for a lot of those restaurant floors. So we're trying to, trying to do our best. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, let's jump into your company for a bit. Yeah, I kind of lost the audio there a little bit. The audio jumped. Same, um, can you hear me now? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, it's a little better. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, awesome. Yeah, so he's kicking it back to your company and what you're trying to build. You're an entrepreneur. Um, how's your business uh, been shifted? What are you trying to get? Like, well, you know, quite a bit. Um, as a company, uh, so I, I acquired the assets of the technology. We're, we're kind of an interesting space as a kind of as a startup company. Um, so I, uh, the technology that, that uh, is the core of React has been around for about 20 years uh, and was owned by a, um, uh, uh, a, a urogynecologist uh, out of Germany. And uh, we ended up acquiring the assets of the technology in 2017. Um, and uh, before that though, I was exposed to it in 2013. And, um, and so we, we had really, uh, the business though really didn't get formed as React as our brand really until the fall of 2018. So we were pretty much new out of the gate, even though there's a lot of clinical history behind the technology. Most people had no idea about our brand and what we did as a business. Uh, and so, you know, really it's a startup, but it's unique because it's a startup with an issued 510K from the FDA and 67 cited clinical studies uh, referencing our technology, which is really rare for a med tech startup, if you will. Normally startups don't have that kind of, that kind of clinical backing. Yeah, absolutely. So let's digest a little bit. So you acquired the technology for this? You acquired this company? I did. Uh, the core technology, yeah, uh, we acquired and um, we, we began building it. Uh, it was primarily used as a technology for uh, urinary incontinence to treat pelvic floor disorders. So at our core, what React is, it's, it's the world's most advanced neuromuscular re-education tool. And so we use a high-powered bioelectric magnet that uh, goes through a table or through a chair 
and stimulates muscle tissue up to four inches in depth with no skin contact. So by comparison, you've probably seen like e-stim pads, right? That go on, you know, athletes' arms in rehab settings. Those pads are, are diodes and they're connected, you know, by wires. And what they do is they send an electric current that goes from A to B. Mm-hmm. And that goes about three millimeters deep into the muscle tissue. We go over a hundred millimeters deep into the muscle tissue. So it's about a 30 times depth that we get and with no skin contact. So our patients are treated totally with their clothes on. And then the way our devices are, are, are designed, we can move the magnets. So a patient can lay down and I can go from the top of their neck all the way down to their feet in about two seconds by just moving a magnet. So it's really effective in terms of uh, efficiency and the outcomes and the overall experience for patients. Wow, so this is a kind of like a, a massage therapy tool? Yeah, it's a, it's a neuromuscular re-education tool. So um, I'll, that's kind of a fancy term for, um, it's really a brain stimulator and a muscle stimulator. So what happens is the, the magnet sends a pulse into the muscle tissue and the body has a natural reaction to that muscle tissue. So what happens is our, our specialized magnet pulse depolarizes the potassium and sodium ions in the muscle cell wall. So when that magnet pulse hits the muscle tissue, and we're talking about billions of cells, right? In, in like your arm. Yeah. And so as it goes through your arm, like, like this way, it's hitting billions of these cells and the cells go ping and the motor cortex of your brain goes and sends a signal back down to your arm and your arm contracts. And so we can control the rate and the depth of that contraction by the settings that we have on the machine. So in, in reality, I can totally rehabilitate um, a paralyzed patient, an injured patient. Mm-hmm. We trick their brain and their muscle to re-engage. And so you don't even have to be a participatory patient. You could be unconscious laying on a table and I could completely stimulate your shoulder or your arm or your knee or your leg or your calf. Um, it's really a fascinating technology. We've got a great uh, 3D video on our website, reactinnovations.com, which kind of takes you through inside the body and kind of shows the mechanism and how it's working uh, in, between the brain and the muscle. That, I mean, that's really fascinating because it's an external source that's stimulating the muscle directly and then triggering a, a response from the brain, right? So it's the backwards training of the brain. Yeah, and that's really, it's really important in overall recovery because so much when, when people are injured, especially with people who have chronic injuries, the body has an amazing ability to kind of adjust itself short term, right? To, to if you've got pain in your back or something going on in your hip, but, but long term that, that causes some real serious issues. And so getting the, getting the wiring, if you will, the connectivity between the brain and the muscle back in sync, the way it's naturally designed is really, really critical. That's one of the reasons in our, in our incontinence brand, which is called pelvic waves, we have two brands. We have React, which is our athletic table and physical therapy table. And then we have pelvic wave, which is our chair. And uh, we, we cure urinary incontinence in about 80% of the patients that we treat straight up. And so after about 24 treatments uh, over eight weeks, we have an over 80% success rate in curing those patients, which is a big deal. Uh, there's about 50 million people in the United States that have that condition today. So let's talk about that. Um, is this meant for uh, athletes? Is it meant for people who um, are injured? Um, who's the target consumer? Yeah, it's, it's a mix. So um, on our React side of our business, uh, we, we have partnerships and customers in the NFL, the NHL, um, the Big Ten, the SEC, and the ACC conferences. Um, so we do a lot of work with, with athletes. Um, on the, we also do a lot of work in physical therapy. So the athletic market for us is, it's great. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big sports guy. Uh, you know, it's, it's awesome interacting with the teams and with the players. The, the sports market represents a relatively small part of the overall market. Our biggest market is in, is in physical therapy. It's primarily where we operate. Um, and that's really been the, been the growth of our, of our business. And so the therapists use our technology like a tool physical therapist would use our technology like a tool and they would they would incorporate react as part of their overall therapy program for a patient in a, in a given day or session so are these accredited accredited um professionals in some sort of capacity like who are the therapists yeah they're all professional folks so there's there's no um there's no home version yet where you can go to best buy and buy a uh, React table, <laughs> bring it into your house. Although I'm sure a lot of my, a lot of our patients would love to do that. 
Um, yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's all professionals that 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 run the equipment, and so the the credentialing ranges from um, uh, athletic training certificates to physical therapy degrees. Um, we also have chiropractors as well, uh, orthopedic surgeons, physicians assistants. So all people who have medical credentials um, who operate our equipment primarily. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I'm kind of familiar with this kind of stuff. I mean, did the whole, uh, went for massage therapy a few times and um, got electrically stimulated by those pads, right? That kind of like convulses part of your muscles. Mm -hmm. But you're saying this is like a deeper version of that, more deeper tissue. It's a deeper version and the neuro connectivity piece is really critical. So what drives that e-stim stimulation that you had on your arm or your leg or your back is, is an electric current, right? That drives that. What, what drives ours is a, is a different mechanism entirely. And so it's truly a brain stimulator that's forcing the muscle to contract it the way that we want it. So for us, because we don't have any skin contact whatsoever. So we treat athletes with their, literally with their pads and their uniform on we go right through it um, and can treat them like in a game game time scenario without even undressing, which is pretty un, un, unheard of in that, in that field, in that sector. Um, but there, the depth also matters significantly, especially dealing with certain types of injuries. So like core injuries uh, in the, what's called the psoas muscle or the groin area, deep abdominal muscle issues, issues in the shoulder, issues in the knee and the quad and the hamstring. You know, those are muscles that if you look at the layer, I mean, if you can, you can e-stim somebody on the edge of their hamstring, and that's great, but if their injury is two and a half inches deep into the muscle, right, that's really where the, where the, where the tear is or, the, or where the strain is, you know, that e-stim pad's not, not going to be as effective. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, can you go back to the core technology? Like, how is the stimulating, I, think, I guess, the neurochemistry of the brain, like, through these nerves? Is it stimulating the nerve? specifically in the, in the muscles or the muscle directly, like which part, how did how it affect the, get the Sure, sure. So, so our bodies are, are, are made up of, you know, muscles are just a collaboration of certain types of cells, right? That, that create yep. the muscle. And they're triggered through our DNA uh, to, to be built a certain way. And then ultimately the RNA is the, is the mechanism that reads the DNA signaling back to the brain and allows the brain to interpret those things and allow us to stand and run and jump and do all the stuff that we do. And so uh, the, the mechanism for us is, is this depolarization as I was talking about earlier. So, you know, the, the radius of our magnet, it's about, it goes like a sine wave. So um, it's, it's a large area. So the, the total surface area that we cover in treating a patient is about two and a half inches in diameter. It's about eight inches in length and it can go four inches deep. So think of it like this, like almost like a brick, right? That's going back and forth. So even if you're treating somebody's, you know, back of their shoulder here, the reality is I'm treating a space that's like this big, okay? Mm -hmm. And so all of those nerves, all those cells in that muscle are all being depolarized with each varying pulse that we, that we, uh, that we assign to the machine. So we can go two hertz as an example, as a setting, so Hertz dictates the, the length of the wave and the speed at which that, that, that pulse is ultimately delivered to the, to the muscle. Mm -hmm. And so we can go from one Hertz to 50 Hertz. So 50 Hertz is a very shallow field, about three quarters of an inch and rapid. So anywhere at 30 Hertz mechanism, uh, 30 Hertz setting, the muscle goes into a full contracture. So we literally, it's like a, what professionals would call like a Russian stim. So the, the muscle goes into a full contracture and you can't control it. Like if you're on my table and I have your shoulder and a full contract, you're not coming off the table. It's almost like pulling you down. It's really powerful stuff. Um, and so that depolarization sends the signaling to the brain mm -hmm. and the brain's firing back to contract the muscle. The reason the muscle contracts at 30 hertz is because the muscle fibers can't respond fast enough to the signaling that's going to the brain. So the pulses are coming in so fast that the brain is basically in constant communication with the muscle and the muscle just tightens up and contracts. But then we set the setting, so we'll, we'll do that for like five seconds on, two seconds off, five seconds on, two seconds off. And we'll actually mimic reps for the body. So we, we, we tighten and then we release, we tighten release. It's no different than if you were working out. So we're able to actually build strength in patients. Uh, we're able to prevent disuse atrophy, which is a huge issue for injuries. You know, most people's recovery, when they like tear a knee, the ACL will heal. 
typically in about eight to 12 weeks. But the, the year long recovery, if it even happens at all in full, is because you lost 80% of your quadricep. You know, the muscle in your, in your leg deteriorated because you weren't using your leg normally. So we've got great protocols that we work with our professionals where we do a pre-treatment react and a post-surgical treatment to lessen that atrophy gap and to allow that recovery to, to be much, much faster and much more efficient. And the statistics all point to that. Not, not, our stat, not our studies, but other studies for years and years and years showing the effects of limiting quadricep atrophy against like an ACL surgery as an example and how to, how to increase prognosis. So uh, that was a pretty long-winded answer to your question, but I hope that helped kind of make, make sense. No, that's, that's really cool. Um, so I mean, just take me, give me flashbacks to my, my neuroscience degree back in um, my undergrad. And one of, the, one of these labs we did was running um, like oscillating electricity into like live tissue samples. Mm -hmm. And you can get muscles to twitch based off the frequency and amount uh, and, uh, of, uh, of electricity you're putting in. So you put over like, you know, a shorter, shorter frequency, the muscles switch in a slow motion, you increase the, uh, the frequency and it goes a higher twitch and it's pretty much electrical impulses. Like, but in this case, it's going through a saline solution, right? And like, it could be anything from a tissue to like, even like we did one for it's like a, like a, a claw of like a crab, right? And yeah. because the pulses are going in, the claw is opening and closing, even though it's just a claw, there's no brain function, right? And it's interesting because you're able to do that kind of manipulation, but from an external source without a non-invasive therapy, right? So non-invasive method, you can now trigger these kind of components. So uh, what I'm interested in is like, if we can, if you're, you can do strength and conditioning training through this, right? When does it go from, when did the technology go from a therapeutic, therapeutic from like, um, you know, helping with injuries to like helping condition people better? You know, like, can it be an external workout device? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a pretty heavy piece of machinery. So right now we can't attach it to somebody um, like running in a field. Um, but that's a really intriguing concept. You know, so you're asking like when that pivot happened, when it went from recovery to performance? I mean, I feel like the industry might shift there, right? If this technology can oh, yeah. one condition people now, and you know, you're taking this technology that used to be a very like baseline. Hello, you still there? I'm still here, yep. Okay, yeah. So it used to be a very baseline kind of, um, very shallow kind of presence in the body is now like a higher depth one and you may and you, and you have it now it's handheld i mean over time you know moore's law dictates that technology gets smaller and more powerful right so like in two years and four years and eight years like what do you envision with this like could it be ever used as like a device somehow to become more powerful to make people more stronger strength and condition them almost like you would go to a gym and work out could this ever be like proactive treatment for the body? Uh, the answer is yes. So one of the things that in your experiment in college, did you ever hook up those electrodes to you or is it just to, to crabs yeah, and frogs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> we've done it to ourselves too. So like it makes yeah. the muscles twitch. So did you notice when you turn it up, when you turn up the electricity, you start to get pain, right? Yeah. And, and, and so part of the challenge with the, the older technology of eSTEM today is that those pads, so the die, if you look, if you dissect those pads, the, the, the actual touch points on the pads are really small, right? Mm. And what to, to, to create a contraction on your arm, which is really strong contraction, those pads are grabbing a very small number of fibers, okay, to start that contraction. So the equivalency would be, if you think about pain signaling to our body, if I grab my arm with my hand and squeeze with this much pressure, doesn't hurt. If I use the same amount of pressure and I put the fingertips in here and pinch my skin, right? That hurts, right? That hurts really bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. The e-stim versus ours works in a similar way. So the e-stim is grabbing these small amount of fibers and trying to create a very large load-bearing contraction on a large muscle group. The way we get away with it, and that doesn't cause pain on the patient, but still is, is effective in terms of getting the level of contraction that we want, is by hitting up billions more of those fibers based on the radius of the magnet and the length of the magnet and the depth that we go. So there's, so there's, a, there's a real experience that is different for the patients and the professionals that we work with 
And that's been one of the coolest things in this journey that I've had with this. I was introduced to technology back in 2013. So I've, I've been, it's, it's been in my life for quite some time. And I just, and the reason I call the company React Innovations is the reaction that I would get from top professionals in the industry the first time they ever got on this machine. They couldn't believe it. And I, I was, a, I'm a former college athlete too. And like, I, when I got introduced to it, I was, I had the same response. I was like, this is crazy. Like nothing's touching me. And my body is like completely contracting. Like how is this doing this? What's the, what's the mechanism behind this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the science goes back a long time. I mean, it's, it's part of Faraday's laws of magnetism that go back to the 1800s. So the concept of pushing an electromagnet current onto a muscle tissue and getting it to react or respond is not new. That's not new at all. That's been around for quite some time. But, but I think the way that we've designed our device and the way our product um, is really thought through with the user in mind um, has, has allowed us to become you know, successful in the last couple of years. Um, but you know, the future, yeah, you're right, it does get smaller. Um, I think the future also automates the process too. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a very strong possibility and uh, part of our intellectual property that we filed. Um, is where you know the device might just scan you and move as needed. Um, one like, of our vision, one of our visions, is like you know people that get injured and are in hospitals. Spinal cord injuries is another area of research we're so fascinated with, and we've had some really good anecdotal um, mm -hmm. research that we've done with patients with severe spinal cord injuries and paralysis, and we've been able to over time effectively reroute nerves that were otherwise thought to be damaged beyond repair and create contraction and create pain and, and, and feeling sensation in muscle groups that otherwise have been completely paralyzed. So the thought is, and this is early, and we don't know the answer to this, but the thought is um, if we were to get on patients earlier, could we make a difference immediately following a traumatic injury to prevent that paralysis from even happening. Um, and it's a fascinating area of science. And one of the reasons why we're raising capital this year in our in, in Re into React is to, is to start investing in some additional peer-reviewed studies uh, to find out the answers yeah. to those questions. No, I mean, it's fantastic. Like, I, I can imagine the kind of effect it could have definitely with uh, people's injuries especially since it's such a non-invasive effective therapy, uh, would be phenomenal, right? I mean, you see people with injuries and they have, they live with this kind of pain. Like um, Kevin Hart was recently on Joe Rogan's podcast talking about his car accident. The yeah. recovery it took for him to, to get back to normal baseline. Things that he took for granted, you take for granted as a person, having mobility and agency is something taken away from you. That's a mental deterioration that hits for you. So, the faster you can get back to normal, the faster you can get a baseline activity, vastly determines also your mental capabilities, right? And affects of your psychology. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, and we have had, um, we've had nothing short of what I, and not just me, but other medical professionals who are engaged with us performed what many people, the patients feels like a miracle for them. I mean, I, yeah. um, our mission as a business is first and foremost to help people. Um, my, my introduction to this technology really stemmed off of a friend of mine. Who, my, 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 my commitment, financial commitment um, and, and time to start this company was really built off of an experience with a friend of mine, um, Matt and Irene, and they have, uh, they have three boys and they have twins, identical twin boys. And the identical twin boys, when they were two and a half, one of the boys was, was experiencing vomiting. And they thought maybe he had some kind of milk allergy or something. So they, they went through all these tests, nothing came back. So they finally did a, a scan of his, of his brain and found out he had this really aggressive brain cancer on, on, the, on his brainstem. Oh, so they went from one hour waking up thinking he's got a milk allergy to they're cutting open my son's head and pulling out parts of his brain in like a matter of like three or four hours. So he came out of it with basically what you would describe as symptoms of cerebral palsy. And I went, to, I went to his birthday party about a year after, and he was still really struggling. And what was even more stark was he has an identical twin brother with no cancer, right? So every day, you wake, the parents wake up and they see the differences between yeah. the two, right? 
And so I, I said to the dad, I said, Matt, I said, you know, I'm working on this new technology. I don't know if it's going to help him, your son or not, but I said, I can talk to some of my guys, see if we can do some, some, uh, some pro bono work. And we did. And we, and selfishly, I'd said, don't tell your therapist what we're doing. It's safe to use it on him, but I want to get, I want to see him worked up and then I want him to go back to his regular PT and see if they see a difference. And sure enough, it was very clear within a matter of two treatments, four treatments, six mm -hmm. treatments, eight treatments, this little boy went from being completely helpless and couldn't get out of a, out of a chair to get to his own walker to walking with his brothers with his walker down to the playground, you know, hundreds of yards away from the family's house. So I, I witnessed that firsthand and was so emotionally struck by that. You know, it, I, I, I said to my wife, I said, if I, if I don't do something with this technology and really try to make this successful, I'll never forgive myself because this could be us. This could be our kids someday. And, um, and that's really been, that, that was the core inspiration behind this. It was, it's rooted much more for me than it is, you know, money or success or recognition. It's really about helping people. And we, we get this every day. I mean, my inbox is full every day from people that get fixed and out of pain and off opioids and can move their shoulder and it's, and, or they're not, you know, and they're not incontinent anymore. I mean, their, their lives are back to normal. It's just, it's really a special thing. And, I wish everybody had that opportunity in their professional lives to experience that. I mean, that's an amazing, um, like such a value-driven, a purpose-driven company uh, that you have, that you've built here. Um, but can we go back to like how you got into this technology? Like, what are the decision-making that went into acquiring this tech? Was this before the situation or after? Like, so originally, I was. Um... I was a, a co-founder of another company that uh, its job was to do licensing for new medical innovations. And so we had formed a joint venture with the largest healthcare provider here in the Carolinas called, it's called Atrium Health now, but it was called Carolinas Healthcare System at the time. And they're a $10 billion organization with 65 hospitals and 60,000 employees, okay? I mean, big yeah, place, yeah. right? And uh, we had this startup called Edison Nation and we created Edison Nation Medical and we were sourcing medical ideas from around the world. And um, mm -hmm. my job was to, was running biz development for that, for that, that part of the business. And I looked at 5,000 medical innovations in two years that came across my desk. <laughs> so I saw a lot of stuff um, and this was one of them. And so I originally represented the technology to a lot of large uh, very well-established brands in the worlds of e-STEM and surgical uh, rehabilitation, uh, electric STEM, and so forth. And I was trying to license it. And they, all the C-suite guys that I talked to and gals said, we love the technology, but, you know, we're, we're big kahuna now. We don't really license anything. We buy companies. Um, and so if you can build it and be successful with it, maybe we'll come and buy it. So that was part of the business side of it as to kind of what inspired it. But, you know, the, the, so that was kind of the, the financial kind of backing. The customer backing started with, um, I'm very grateful to Ryan Vermillion, who's the head trainer for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he's now with the Washington Redskins, but he was a longtime Panthers uh, trainer. And Ryan took the time uh, with me early on because I, I, was, I was enamored with it. I thought, this is incredible. I mean, all these people that we get in front of this, this thing's awesome, but you know, if I'm going to sell to sports or in these other places, I want to talk to the guys who are, who are the best in the industry, right? I want to be the gold standard, the best technology in this industry. And Ryan came over to our office and got on the table and was like, dude, this is, this is legit, but you need, you need some work here to fix this product. Cause we had an early stage prototype, this early, early stage. So he was kind enough to let me go into his uh, locker room. And for two days, our team sat there and worked with his trainers and the athletes. And we figured out, how do you manipulate a 350-pound lineman's psoas muscle? <laughs> My tradition, you know? And how can this tool be better for that? And so that started our, our progress with the, with the table. Um, the chair as a business was really already in motion. Um, the, the, the doctor who we acquired the technology from was a urogynecologist out of Germany. And so... The, the, the pelvic floor business was pretty well established in terms of its research and product line. Um, we upgraded it. We, we created a, a better business model, I think, that fit better for 
uh, for our customers. And so combined, that's how a single startup ended up really creating two products and two brands in Pelvic Wave and, and React. Um, and even though the technology is similar, there are differences in them. Um, and there's different 510Ks that come from the FDA that allow us to make marketing claims around the outcomes of those products. Um, I mean, that's, that's a really like, well, like thoroughly built up kind of system you got there. Like you went to work with the, with the very best, you, you, you uh, validated and worked out the technology. It's a very systematic way of building a business. Like, how did you develop this kind of framework? So, I mean, I'll give you a, I'll give you the honest to God truth. Um, yeah. so I'm a pretty transparent guy, but so we had gotten, and the company will go unnamed, <laughs> But we had gotten pretty far down the road to licensing the technology for the table back in 2014, 2015, actually. Mm -hmm. And the company was owned by a, a large private equity group. And uh, I went out to this company headquarters. I brought a table. I had a dozen of their top engineers looking at our stuff and they, they were blown away. And they, they make, they make East End products. Okay. And they all straight up looked at each other and said, this, this completely disrupts our business, this technology. Nobody would ever put another pad on their body again after experiencing this technology. So I felt really good about that. I knew that personally, by the way, but it's good to hear that from, you know, someone you're trying to do business with, right? So I left the technology out at their headquarters and we started the negotiation process. And I got a call one day from the senior VP. I said, I said, I said hey, how's it going? And he's like, well, uh, me and 13 of my other VPs have been unceremoniously fired. Um, they're going in a new direction as the company with the company. And uh, I'm pretty sure you're, uh, you should still try to do a licensing deal with them, but I'm not sure how successful that's going to be since everybody who is involved with this process has now been let go. <laughs> so I was, pretty, I was pretty bummed out about that. But, but what was really great about this individual um, is that I went to him and said, gosh, is there anything I can do? He's like, no, no, I'm good. He, he had like five job offers in like the next day. This guy's like a rock star. Yeah. Um, but he, he said to me, he said, I said, would you mind sharing with me the roadmap? Like when you were going to acquire this, what were you going to do? And he's like, absolutely no problem. He's like, give me three days. So sure enough, that Friday or the next Wednesday, I got an email from him with a basically like a 10 page business plan. And he said, here's what we were going to do. So I looked at that and said, why, why would I not try to, you know, mimic that and go about that, that process. And so, um, so that's what we did. And, um, and here we are. And so it wasn't just about the pilots we did in, in athletics because, because our product is used in, in two ways in healthcare. It's used in cash pay and it's used in insurance. And those are two very different worlds in, in, in medical. Um, but they're both have advantages in different, different sectors, depending on the type of, clinic that you run. And so we really had to prove out each product in both environments, both cash pay and insurance. And that's really what we've done since uh, the fall of 2018 up until COVID hit. <laughs> so we, we were really jamming and, and creating these kind of beachheads of pilots and um, our biggest customer in team rehab uh, has been phenomenal to work with. Um, you know, there are a hundred clinics in five states and we, we basically did an 18 month pilot with them. And, uh, and we got a lot of data, a lot of data from patient use and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and we check all three boxes for them. So it's, it's it, three boxes of their metrics, which is improving patient satisfaction, which is their number one indicator for referrals in their business. Two, uh, measurable quantitative outcomes that you can measure through uh, you know, science and data and x-rays and MRIs. And three was revenue generation. Um, and we, we hit all three and not just hit them all, but like we're hitting doubles, triples and uh, home runs off that. So um, they, they came to us and, and gave us a pretty substantial purchase order in, uh, in February of, uh, of this year. Um, and we're, we're working on executing that now. Awesome. So uh, let's go back to exactly like your product. Is it a product, a service or a blended system? Like what, what is the package that you sell? So I like to refer to React and Pelvic Wave as verbs. Um, 
the experience that people have on our equipment is like nothing else. And I, every day I rack my brain to try to think about how I can, how, how I can replicate the experience of getting on our equipment through a video or through text. <laughs> it's hard to do, right? Um, but, you know, we are a company that sells equipment at our core. Um, we don't run clinics yet. Um, and that's really not in our short-term plans. Maybe in the long run, we might do something like that. But, but for now, the model works really well in just partnering with existing customers that have established patient populations, that have professional staff, physical locations that patients come to to get, to get therapy. So our device is used as a service, right? So they buy the equipment from us and then they use that tool to treat a patient and then they either bill insurance for that or they charge the patient cash, depending on their business model. Gotcha. So if a massage therapist wants one of these, they can just contact you and put in a purchase order and, and buy, buy a table or a table. Yeah, yeah. And the, it's interesting you mentioned massage because we've, um, I have a friend who's a longtime uh, massage therapist and he and I spoke a lot about the use of our technology as a, in the hands of a massage therapist. Um, and creating even like a business that would compete with like a massage therapy or somebody like that, where you have all no touch therapy. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so kind of bullish on the future for us. I mean, there, there isn't a device in the world that's better at what it does, non-touch than React, not a single one. Yeah. And so I don't think the, the, I don't, even though COVID seems to be slowing down, hopefully it, it goes away and we get a vaccine and it becomes a footnote in history, but you know, in the short term, I think this, this virus has really changed everything about the way we think about social interaction and office work and certainly in healthcare and in physical therapy, which is such a hands-on skill set. I mean, the, yeah. the therapists pride themselves and rightfully so as to what they can do with their hands on people. And so, and, and it's like being a dentist, like how do you social distance as a dentist? I mean, you're picking people's mouths, right? Like this is just the nature of their, of their work. So I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic and we're seeing that now that React is becoming a really key piece to kind of distancing themselves and being able to provide a barrier for patients by just having them be on the table. And then the, the therapist can just move the wand back and forth at a reasonable difference, not, not six feet, but certainly about two to three, which is better than Cool. Zero. Yeah, I mean, what's the price point of one of these devices if someone wants to, can they buy it through your website? Do they have to contact you first? Yeah, they, they contact us. So we, we retail our, uh, our, our tables for 49,000 uh, and we retail the chairs for 45,000. And then we have, a, uh, we have a service warranty assistance and training package we call a SWAT package, which is a, a, a couple thousand dollars a year um, that, uh, that goes into servicing um, with the clients. But everybody that buys our equipment, we don't just like deliver and drop it off. There is a, there's a lot of engagement with our team, with their staff. And so for the table we go in, it's white glove delivery. Um, and we, we spend two days in the clinic with the therapist. So there's a lot of materials that we provided them to read and, and become educated in the forefront. And then we spend a full two days at each of those clinics in it, engaged and uh, I guess intertwined, if you will, with the, with the actual staff. Um, and, then, um, and then once we leave, we help them build uh, protocols for each of those patients that we come in. And so then they, can, they know how to measure and, and manage the equipment accordingly and then ultimately see the outcomes. And then we're there for several years after if they need us or they have questions, we're there to, to answer and support them in any way they need. Wow. So like, what I like about this model is that in manufacturing level companies, like they generally struggle a lot and now get much less a lot of support because it's such a, it's such a, because um, you gotta have inventory, you gotta have economies of scale, you gotta get like, you know, you're, so you're dependent on supply chains. A lot of investors struggle to look at this space as a as a as a, a viable opportunity. But you're kind of proven this kind of market where um, it's it's generally like already established players, but you disrupted it through technology, right? But are you limited at all by the, the by the area you can like physically like service? Is it like do you need physical uh, drop off of people or? 
or engagement? So, uh, so you're asking, are we limited in terms of our capacity as a company to make these or, or deliver them or service them or, or, or all, all the above? Yeah, like what are your limits right now to growth like as you, as you develop? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good question, fair question. So um, I'm, a big, I'm a big believer in the lean startup. Um, yeah. I actually teach uh, a course uh, using Eric Reese's uh, book, great book, yeah. uh, at, uh, at uh, Central Piedmont Community College. So I, I teach a class on startups um, yeah. in all my spare time. <laughs> um, but I, I love doing it because I love to teach and I love giving back to folks. And, and it's great to see aspiring entrepreneurs trying to want to take an idea and bring it up. So I've really applied a lot of those principles to React for the last um, you know, two, three years. So we, we were on a pretty lean uh, operation in terms of our, our burn. That's going to change this year because we've kind of maximized the, the amount of time our team can really manage this and grow it the way that we want to grow it and the way that we will grow it. Um, so, you know, we've, we've got great supply chain in the business, which is really important. I think, you know, as a company, especially a med tech company, like, to do all this yourself is really almost impossible and, and cost prohibitive in most cases. Um, even the big guys like Medtronic don't really manufacture anything anymore. <laughs> they, they, they have subcontractors that make that stuff. And then, you know, they, they're a sales and distrib distribution organization primarily, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got great suppliers uh, in our chain um, and, and we try to leverage those, those folks as much as we can. Um, there are a few things that we we have brought in house and will continue to bring in house, you know, as we as we grow and get older, um, you know. But we've 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 run this as a pretty pretty tight ship. So our you know our capacity right now as a company, uh, we can knock out about ten units a month right now in our current capacity. But I've got the ability to turn that up relatively quickly, um, and that's part of what we're doing. You know, our our stuff you know, it's not cheap, right? I mean, it's a, it's the price of a nice car. I mean, 49 grand, you know, for a piece of equipment is not a, is not a casual investment that any company makes, but, um, you know, our costs of goods are really expensive too. I mean, making medical devices is an expensive process with a lot of paperwork, a lot of documentation, um, a lot of historical management of that portfolio. So just because I sell a unit in 2018 doesn't mean that I'm no longer responsible for that equipment. Um, you know, down the road, I have to maintain insurance and other things that that support um, a business model like this. So, we 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 feel pretty good about our future. Um, you know, COVID has certainly put a put a damper in terms of the the volume of sales that we're going to make this year, especially in sports, mm -hmm. which is you know, no one really knows exactly when sports are going to come back if they're going to come back at all. Um, you know, this year I think everybody's optimistic, but we don't really know how that's going to work out long term. So, you know, sports is kind of taking a dip, but um, because we're, we're actually a, a device that's being used for COVID recovery in Michigan uh, right now, our, um, uh, our, I think our prospects are, are looking really good for this year. So. Yeah. I mean, medical, I mean, med tech is right now going through a revolution, right? Because the entire medical community is, uh, is being revolutionized, literally forced revolutionized through this uh, lockdown and, and pandemic. People are much more opening, to, uh, open to like new solutions and looking into uh, to modernizing their existing infrastructure and systems. That's true, and I think you know is I mean you, I'm 42 years of age. Okay, so um, I'm of a generation where I remember having a, my parents' insurance and getting injured and paying zero deductible on anything. Right? How much does insurance cost? Healthcare cost? Eh, nobody really knows. I have insurance in my work, you know, and it just somebody pays for it. <laughs> Right, so it's kind of how it works. Yeah. And then you've seen this, you know, kind of massive shift in in creating even people with great jobs and great insurance still have out of pocket expenses of, you know, they have health savings accounts now. They've got, you know, basically kind of almost catastrophic deductibles of five, seven, ten thousand dollars out of pocket before their insurance actually kicks in. And so people are a lot more conscious now about what things cost. And and I think overall building wellness into this. You know, healthcare, a lot of folks call healthcare today really sick care, right? So we wait until somebody's really injured or has a major problem before we start applying good good principles and technology to keep them, uh, to get them back to where they were. But it's way easier to keep somebody healthy than to try to fix somebody who's sick. Um, Mark Wahlberg said it best. Somebody interviewed him sometimes said, how do, you, how do you get in such great shape? You know, he's in his 50s, right? And he's like, the key to being in great shape is never getting out of shape. 
So, you know, pretty good advice, right? And so I think what we're finding, and especially in our athletic realm with React, is that people are, um, the, the athletic trainers are using our product as a tool for injury prevention. And so we're able to work the wide receiver's hamstrings or the glutes of the lineman before he even goes out to practice so that we lessen the probability of a strain or an injury that occurs on the field. And so that's a, that's a big part of what we're doing through athletic training. And, and to be honest with you, Robbie, one of my missions as a company with Pelvic Wave, I feel like we could eradicate stress level incontinence, so, so leaky bladders in women under 50 in this country. I, I believe that because so much of incontinence is an issue related to childbirth and aging that goes relatively ignored and where the solution is surgery only when things get really, really bad. And we have the ability to re-engage the pelvic floor and retrain the brain and those muscles to work active, actively that eliminates that condition. So if we would be proactive in treating women and men who are starting to experience age-related incontinence or postpartum-related incontinence and treat them early, we prevent that back-end drop that occurs when people start reaching in their mid-60s and all of a sudden they can't control their bodily function and they're going in for a, for a $35,000, $40,000 surgery that has a 20% failure rate. So I think the, the mission of healthcare and, and people like us who are really actively thinking about and trying to provide solutions that keep people healthy and prevent them from getting injured is a, is a good business model to bet on in the future. Cool. Awesome. Um, I mean, I absolutely agree. I, I think it's like a, a pretty cool model you guys are working on right now. But I do have a thought that uh, I want to get your opinion on. And I was having it while talking about the miniaturization of this technology and where it could go in the future, right? Uh, I mean, do you know what uh, um, haptic um, suits are? Haptic feedback suits? No. So in, if, when it comes to like VR or AR technology, right, haptic feedback suits are like literally suits you wear it gives you tactile um, sensory information, like when they were playing a game or like yes. when you're in VR mode. Yes. I've seen, I, now, I have seen those. I didn't know, I didn't know, to know it as referred to that name. But yeah, I've, I've yeah. definitely seen some, some you know, biofeedback shirts and other things you wear for heart rate and temperature and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So like there are these materials now coming up, what they, like, they're trying to build it to be like constrict, almost like a second skin that gives you like a feeling of like, you know, of sensory uh, impact. So what I'm kind of, uh, kind of uh, envisioning is like, this kind of technology, can it be used for haptic feedback? You know, so it's interesting. It's, it's, it, it would, I would certainly in combination would be a really interesting, co like, you know, mashup, right, of technologies. One of the things that we find so interesting about React it's not build this way, but it acts this way, almost like a diagnostic tool. So you may feel fine and we'll roll the magnet over a certain area in your body that you didn't think was out of whack. And all of a sudden you can feel the tightness jump up in your you know, lower lumbar or in your, in your back, you know, oblique. And again, I go, I, one of the first things I said earlier, like the body has an amazing ability to adjust when it's injured and still operate and function until it doesn't. And as people get older, it, people that cross the chasm when you're you know, 20s to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, and all of a sudden you're doing something like lifting the garbage out of the, out of the can and all of a sudden your back gets wrenched and you're like lying on the ground, right? Well, what caused that was a slow, typically an imbalance of your hips and psoas that puts a load on your L4, L5 and your spine. And then all of a sudden you're lifting a 20 pound bag of garbage out of the bag and boop, your disc pops, right? And then you're out of, you're out of commission for like months. And so I love the idea of mashing up with diagnostic tools that allow us to see how the body is responding in a certain way when connected to our devices. Now we're not mobile yet. Um, we are working on a mobile device. That's, but it's a cart system. So it's not mobile in the sense like, you know, my phone mobile. Yeah. It still weighs a hundred pounds, hundreds of pounds, but at least it puts it on a cart system that allows it to be um, more portable in hospital environments 
and as well as for uh, athletic training and military. So those are some of our um, advisors and, and, and customers that, you know, military wants to throw it out of a C-130, um, mm -hmm. you know, at a base, right? Because these soldiers are always getting beat up. These guys are guys and girls are carrying 100 pounds of gear in the middle of a desert. You know, and they got they got serious they, and they're, they're turning towards athletic training techniques and tools to help um, heal them quicker. Yeah. Um, and, and ultimately, that's what we do. What's that? Have you talked to the military about this at all? Yeah, yeah. We've got uh, in North Carolina, we're, we're pretty fortunate here. Um, we have um, we have a very large military presence, specifically out in the Fayetteville area. Um, so we have, uh, we have Fort Bragg and Camp Lejeune here in North Carolina. Um, and, uh, and, uh, so we, we've got some, some good industry partners that have helped us get connected. We've not yet sold anything in the military. Um, there's a lot of interest. Um, but cause it, it is tough for small businesses like us to get contracts into the military. So you almost have to really kind of work through a third party or a distributor. Um, but we're, we're, we're working on that. Um, we've been, we've been to their conferences several times. We get invited all the time. They've been really great to us and eventually we'll get there. But I, I, I kind of know what they need. Um, and, you know, they, they really need a mobile system that they can, they can yeah. wheel around. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. So, I mean, our table's on wheels and it, you can move it, but, you know, it's, it's a table. <laughs> it's yeah. designed, to, yeah. designed to hold a 350-pound offensive lineman. So, you know, that, that, that thing in itself is, is, has to be pretty sturdy, right? And, um, and usually when it gets put into a clinic, it's, it's put into a room or a corner and that's where it lives forever. Um, but, you know, we, we do realize the need to be more flexible. And that's actually, that feedback's come from the military as well as uh, some of our professional contacts, you know, in baseball and hockey and in basketball who, you know, travel a lot more than the NFL teams do. So they need a more portable system to go with them from town to town. Interesting, yeah. Cool. Well, Ken, this has been amazing. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking about uh, your company in such detail. It's really exciting technology. And uh, it's really cool that you explain the science uh, and the fundamentals behind it that drive it forward. Um, I'm sure our listeners uh, really appreciated that. Um, we're going to cut the episode here, but stick around for a few minutes. We'll do a quick debrief. Okay. For everyone listening in, thanks for listening. And this is Ken. Uh, thank you, Robbie. Thank you for the opportunity.